everybody, and welcome to Toddler Purgatory. I'm one of your hosts, Molly Lloyd. Molly Lloyd. And I'm Blair Brooks. <laughs> I was telling Blair earlier about how it's hard for me not to combine the L's in my first name with the L's in my last name to just be Malloyd or Mai. Like, I just like swallow the, the L's. My, my Lloyd. My Lloyd. Oh, okay. I get it now. Anyway, thank you for being here, everybody. Today we're talking about something which, let me tell you something, I am in the thick of this. Mm, mm, talk about it. And this is about finding that tricky, tricky balance between just enough praise for your child and praising your child too much. Mm. Not enough, just right, too much. This is an interesting one because I do feel like, not everybody, but in my experience, there was that thing when I was growing up where you were told you did a good job even when you didn't. Yes, yes, There was something about blind praise. Uh Not necessarily my parents. My parents have... Backgrounds in psychology, so I feel like they were a little more savvy to this kind of thing. But even then, I feel like it was, we were built up a lot with praise at school, with caretakers, with coaches, etc. And it's interesting to think about whether or not that was detrimental to our development, to our, how hard we tried for us. Mm-hmm. You know, how was it in your neck of the woods? I would have to say that. I was always praised for like the how creative I was. Mm-hmm. But when it came to like academics, I was not. So there was never any carryover of like my effort. Like there was no praise of like the effort. It was always like, oh, Blair's so creative. Right. Right. Oh, my. I remember one Thanksgiving, I made a cornucopia out of toilet paper, which turned out real nice. Toilet paper and toilet paper and watercolors. Yeah. I like molded. Oh, you got it wet. I remember that. I got it wet and I put a little bit of Elmer's glue and I like molded it into like a little tiny cornucopia and it turned out beautifully. And I remember my mom was like, this girl is a damn genius. (laughs) (laughs) And then like, I could not do my multiplication table to save my life. And it was just like, uh, you know, her talents lie elsewhere. And I just feel like because there was so much praise in like the creativity department, it just left me like I didn't really try. Yeah. I mean, not only because there's many factors, but like, I feel like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was pushed. The praise was pushed on how creative I was always rather than like. So you could fall back on saying, well, I'm not really a math person. Exactly. Because nobody told you you were because everybody told you you were this other thing. Exactly. And I didn't try. Mm hmm. Like when it came to like being creative, I would really put my mind to There was plenty of things that I couldn't do creativity wise, but I tried. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not that I couldn't do math. I just didn't put my effort into it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like that. I kind of remember that too. I feel like I've even heard recently that thing about be careful about labeling your kids in general because then they get convinced of that too. And I do that sometimes. I forget. I And it's a way of me, I think, unconsciously always trying to forge bonds with my kid. Mm, mm -hmm. So I'll be like, oh, we're a blank family. Like I don't label, I try not to label him specifically because of the very reason that you're talking about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because I don't want him to think, oh, but I've been told my whole life that this is my strength. So I'm just going to keep building that up. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like I'm pretty good about not labeling him in that way. But I do say things like, oh, well, we're a blank family. Mm -hmm. We're a biking family or we're a, Oh, we're really a pasta family or whatever. We are. We love carbs. We love carbs. We are a carb family. Look, that's a God's truth. But I do feel myself doing that. And I it's funny. I don't want him to then go to another family who is a different kind of blank family and him going, oh, I can't 
be happy here. I can't whatever because I'm not this kind of person. Yeah. I'm trying to be better about that for sure. I think the whole idea of praise is so weird because I feel like, I don't know, I grew up in the, you know, late 80s, 90s, and I just feel like it wasn't, it was so specific. Do you mean to that time, specific to that time? It was like praising a child for, it was like, you're smart. You're this. It was just like very like specific, very labely. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're special. Like, they say there is like some kind of a yeah. fallout now to all, everybody of the, I guess I'm Gen X. What are you, Gen Y? You're close to me. X, you're X also? Blair's a baby. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she, um, but yeah, there is some kind of fallout. I have absolutely no articles to support what I'm about to say, but I do feel like I read somewhere that there is a fallout to everybody of our generation's being labeled special. Yeah. And all these kids grew up thinking, oh, but I'm special. But I'm special. Yeah. And it's so hard to not tell your kid you're special because you know what? Everybody is. Like, every person has something that is special about them just by existing and is precious and needs to be mm-hmm. not just protected but celebrated, right? But then there is that, man, it's a slippery slope. Sure is. To all these kids growing up and feeling that is translating into being entitled. Oh, but I'm special. I don't have to do the thing that other people have to do, right? Or even, you know what? I would, I hate it. I hate it as a kid. First of all, I never made like honor roll or anything. I was just that kid. I wasn't a great student, whatever. Okay. But kids would get like, my kid made the honor roll and put it on. Oh, the bumper stickers and stuff? Yes. I hated those things. I hated those things so much because I was like, do people really need to know? That it was a type of praise that I never got. Right. And it seemed as though it stung and it really like placed me in a place of just like, I'll never be that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just see all these cars whizzing past me and I was like, oh, there goes another one. <laughs> yeah. Whereas you needed to see the bumper sticker that said, my kid is creative and an independent thinker and doesn't play by the rules of traditional schooling. <laughs> I needed that whole thing on our back windshield. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's just very, but that was like honor roll assembly, right? And I knew I would hate the honor roll assembly because <laughs> I knew. Is, I, would they like trot the kids up there who got made honor roll? I had you stand up or something? Yes. And everybody got a certificate and a bumper sticker. <gasps> I ne- Molly, not never once, not never once did I ever stand up, go forth at an assembly. Which is a bummer because there, it does feel like there are certain benchmarks, certain tangible ways that we reward kids for certain behaviors. And that takes away like the individuality of a kid making strides of progress, of independent individual progress. That's really tough. Well, here, here's what I learned. Now, Blair, you said you know this website, BigLifeJournal.com? Yes, I follow them on Instagram. They put it really simply, which I loved, which was, our ultimate goal should be to nurture our child's intrinsic motivation. Yes. And I loved that. I ruminated upon that for quite some time (laughs) when I did this research (laughs) because I was like, shoot, that's what it is. We want to foster their independent self-motivation rather than being driven by outside praise. Man, that is hard. And they're individuals. It's really hard. It's so, so, so hard. And especially once they get to school, forget it. It's really hard. 
Because it's things aren't looked on an individual basis. It's all like, you know, compared to everybody else, especially now with the emphasis on standardized testing and how the school does and rankings and stuff. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we got to it's like we have to just make that extra bit of effort now to celebrate our kids individual achievements. This thing was a big deal for this kid. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what we're doing is we're trying to balance that's what this is all about, man, right? It's all about balance. And a way to do that, this is from an article in New York Times called, Are You Overpraising Your Child? How dare you, New York Times? Don't you look at me. <laughs> Meanwhile, the New York Times is like, Blair, you could, uh, you could praise him a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> balance, baby. Yeah, my kid is, I don't think he is motivated by outside praise too, too much, but he is so gentle. He has a gentle spirit. And he's a bit of a deeply feeling kid, as Dr. Becky would say, a little bit here and there. He's also like hilarious and shakes his booty a lot and talks about poop a lot. I mean, he's a very normal kid. But <laughs> but because I know him so well, I know his gentle parts. I know his vulnerable qualities. Right. And so and one of them is a little bit of insecurity, which, of course, I beat myself up for every day because I feel like I did something wrong to have that. Mm. I somehow inadvertently fostered that in him, which is a bummer. For both of us. <laughs> I hope that I didn't. But also, kids are born and they're just are who they are. They are intrinsically who they are. They're just, yeah, it's, it's all, it's both. It's both. It's balance. It's nature and nurture, right? So they say in this New York Times article, and our listeners may have heard this too. I know it's very buzzy, is praise the process, not the person. Now, here is what we were just talking about. In the 70s, parents were encouraged to praise their kids, such as big labels, right? You're so smart. You're great at math. Oh, oh he's a math kid. He's a math whiz, right? Label, label, label. And then we have quoted this doctor before, Carol Dweck, PhD. Dr. Dweck? Yeah. Professor of psychology at Stanford's Graduate School of Education. Huge part of the world of the kids' development, you know, that we read about is because of her study. Mm -hmm. Study the effect of this type of praise in the late 90s found that it could have a harmful effect. Her research showed that children felt pressure to live up to their parents' praise, and this in turn could lead to panic and anxiety. Of course. Of course. And now this really struck true for me with my kid. Even kids who didn't experience anxiety became risk averse. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. They played it safe. Mm -hmm. Ooh. If you don't try, you can't fail. Yeah. yeah. Oof. Yep. I know. It hit me. That hit me, too. Because they just want to make us happy. They just want to make us happy. But it's also like, yeah, it's also that thing of like risking, right? That I really want them to risk. I want you to risk it. And in some in healthy ways, I want you to risk it all. Yeah. F it. F it. Go for it. As my former artistic director of my uh, improv comedy theater that I worked at for years and years and years, a UCB theater in New York, we had an artistic director named Anthony King, who's a brilliant writer. He wrote the book for Beetlejuice. Oh, nice. He's a great dude. And he said on one of his notes for one of my classes, I think I had him for a couple of levels, he said, I you can take bigger risks. You can really go for it. Fail spectacularly. Yes. And that is scary. That is so scary. And he's right, because without big re risk, you can't have big reward. Is that Batman? Am I quoting Batman? Or are you quoting Spider-Man? I don't know. One of them said it. Yeah, man. Risk big, win big. <sighs> but it's tough. It's tough because... Especially as a little guy. Like, little yes, guy. Yeah. The little ones, it's mm -hmm. like... And it's hard to explain, and it's hard to like... And especially because they're looking at everyone else. Oh, especially now. Mm -hmm. Especially now. Yes. And who's doing what and who got... I don't know about you, but sometimes I get a progress report of other children... <laughs> my kid goes like well today so-and-so did this and i'm like well you know okay yeah 
<sighs> and I try to, yeah, that compare and despair a little bit. I try to say, you know, I, I started off saying something not helpful, which was like, I don't care what those kids are doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not helpful. You know, it's the way you and I talk about Blair. Every family is different. And this started since my son was two. By the way, mm-hmm. he's six now, but I'm definitely talking about when he started preschool, he became, you're right, acutely aware. Yes. And yeah. we go in a little bit. We go inside of ourselves. We don't, not every kid reaches out when they're feeling like they're, you know, comparing themselves to others. Yeah. Oh, so that's what we do. We want to praise the process, not the person. So this doctor and other doctors that she worked with researched what happened when children were praised on their efforts instead of their selves, like instead of labeling who they are. Mm-hmm. So they, she had two different groups of subjects. One were told they were successful because they worked hard. And the other group of kids was told they were successful because they were smart. And it turned out the first group gained confidence and felt empowered to try new things because they were told they were successful because they worked hard. Hard, yeah. And Dr. Dweck found that even if they failed at first, they were capable of working through the solution by applying themselves, which is a life skill almost every parent would want for his or her children, as she would say. And the other kids, you know, had the opposite effect. They didn't try any harder because they're like, oh, I'm smart. I'll just, it'll just come to me. It's so definite, right? Yeah. You're smart, period. There's no ellipses. There's nothing after that that a kid can be like, oh, what else, you know, what more can I work for or whatnot? Yeah. I got to tell you, whenever, as I'm helping my kid out with his homework, this whole process thing was going through my head because I'm just like, it's homework, it's, it's tough for me sometimes. But we have this saying, when in doubt, sound it out. And... At first, it was because he was trying to think of the word as opposed to really just putting his eyes on the word and sounding it out. And I say, yes, he's trying to do it, his sight memory or whatever that's called. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, no, you can't do that. When in doubt, sound it out. It's not going to work like that. Right. So now it's just kind of become part of our process. And he now says it to himself where if he gets caught in something, he's like, oh, oh, wait. OK, no, I can't guess. No guessing allowed. <laughs> oh, cute. This is true. Don't guess. Don't guess. When in doubt, sound it out. And he'll do it. And it's kind of like, for me, like a little bit of a parenting win. Toss it to the parenting win. Woo! That failure box is pretty full, boy. No, 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 no. (laughs) But it makes me think that I wish that as a kid, for myself, that I was praised upon my process. Yeah. When in doubt, sound it out. Great job. Like, how do we get to this answer? As opposed to, oh, you're smart, or you're not a math kid, you know? Or you're not that great at reading. You know what I mean? It's like, instead of all these periods that we put, like, let's praise, I love this idea of praising the process. Yes. And exactly what you're talking about, being attentive during your son's homework or just being there and and seeing what they're working on is actually one of the other tips from Dr. Dweck as well, Mm, mm -hmm. who says, pay close attention to your child's process, like where they are in whatever they're trying to achieve. For instance, if they show you that they've drawn two lines on a paper, you don't say, hey, you're working hard. Great. Keep going to say, why don't you show me when you're done? So pay close attention to where they are in their process, because otherwise you will be praising their hard work every step of the way and it gets exhausting. Don't do it. Yes. It's exhausting. Yes. So you don't have to praise them every step of the way. For instance, have them show you the painting at the end. So one of the doctors who worked with Dr. Dweck says, you can instead ask them about their process to be able to praise their learning process. And it allows the child to evaluate themselves rather than have an external evaluation. Oh, that's so good. We want to spark curiosity. We want to spark exploration. And right now we're going to spark a break. See you in a minute. 
When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Hey, y'all. We're back on Toddler Purgatory. Okay, so we are praising our kids' process. Not the person. Not the person. Don't you praise that kid. (laughs) And we're also paying close attention to the child's process so that you don't have to praise them every step of the way. You're just trying to check in with them. And then at the very end, you can let them know, oh my gosh, you worked so hard. I can see how hard you worked. Nice work. That kind of thing. The next thing they say is praise what your child has control over. Mm. I know. Mm. Isn't that interesting? So the example is, For instance, wow, it looks like you really enjoyed that project as opposed to, oh, look at the finished project and how nice it is. That kind of thing. Oh, right, 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 right. And this focuses on your child's self-determined reasons for even doing the task in the first place, for engaging in the task. I love that. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's that innate motivation that we're trying to encourage. Instead of the outcome. Makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And then they also say, by contrast, interviews with elementary school students revealed frustration with praise that undermined their sense of agency or choice. For example, crediting innate traits such as being smart rather than demonstrable choices like persistence. And I have to tell you something. I do that all the time. I have to really watch myself after reading this because I... Or like saying you're smart. Yeah, even just like saying you're smart. Oh, you're such a smart kid. Mm. Or... And also, a part of that that I'm fighting, I'm dropping my voice because my son's in the next room. Mm-hmm. Drop it down. I can still hear you, Molly. I can still hear you. Okay. Good. Thank goodness. <laughs> it's also because sometimes he does the thing, we've talked about this in past pod episodes, of I'm stupid. Mm. That negative self-talk. And it's so hard for me, and I know that I shouldn't, and I'm getting much better about it. But your first instinct as someone who loves this human being is to say, No, you're not. Oh my gosh, don't say that. You're so smart. Right. Because I do believe that. It is true. I'm not saying an untruth. 
But it's that, as they said, the crediting innate traits, such as being smart, is not as satisfying for a kid as demonstrable choices like persistence, like hard work, like, yeah, embracing the creativity, what have you. But it's also we didn't, Molly, I don't know about you, but I didn't grow, I wasn't in a learning environment where I heard the process being praised. Yeah. You know, I feel like, again, I feel like a lot of the things that we talk about in toddler purgatory, we're just now getting woke to. Yeah. Had I heard praise for my process or had I heard someone being praised for their process, I think that I would have looked at academia and how I worked differently. And also, I would have like liked to have heard that more than, oh, you're so creative because I was like, duh. <laughs> right. Because that's I know because it's not specific. It's not specific at all. It would have been like it's also cool for a kid and having kids. And I, I'm sure you see this, too, is when you are specific, when you are like when you hone in on something that they've done, that's like, oh, yeah, like I love how you did that when you were building your Lego simulator, whatever. They're like, that's when their little like eyes like twinkle and light up. It's like, oh, yeah, duh. That's what we should be honing in on as opposed to you're a great builder, dude. Good job. Legos are your thing. Label. I just labeled you. Yes. I do that too. I do that too because it's like a fun to be like, you're such a Lego kid. I don't know. I guess it's just about like, as we always say, balance. Like, okay, you say that once and you go, oh, maybe I labeled them. So maybe don't say it again. Next time just say, right. oh, I love those color choices. Or focus on the process of it. Yeah. The way you built. I just realized I made a mistake that we're about to talk about. Oh, Molly. What did you say? I love. Oh, gosh. I used an I statement. Oh, put a pin in that. We'll be right back to that one. Hi, Chihuahua. Oh, it's, don't worry. It's coming up. Oh, uh, <laughs> the next one is don't praise by comparison. This is actually probably one that most of us try to stay away from anyway. You did so much better than this kid or... Oh, everybody else had a problem swimming that lap and you did it, whatever. Try not to compare them to other kids. Mm -hmm. This is a really good one. And I think that I do this sometimes, Blair. Beware of praise inflation. Mm. Just because, let me tell you something, it's what I told you I did with my kid. Just because a kid has low self-esteem, don't make your praise larger than life to make up for it. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yes. Not only can they sense that praise, when praise isn't genuine, even if you really mean it, it also sets an impossible goal to reach. So for instance, they say, consider simply describing what you observed your child doing along with a neutral expression of delight. Wow, you did. And then just say what they did. You took a big hole in the sandbox with your truck as opposed to, wow, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Oh my gosh, you! I can't believe you dug that hole. You're the smartest kid I've ever met. And then that's also that makes sense because then when you attach those big expressions and especially for little ones, yeah, little 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 ones, if that's how you're always like coming at them with that those big expressive praises, that's how they're going to expect it. And when they don't get it, when they do feel proud of themselves or when they have done something spectacular that they're waiting for one of those big expressive praises for, they'll be like, what about praise? Yeah. And they're going to be bummed out and lose motivation. Yep. Yes. It sets an impossible goal to reach. So yeah, just describe what they're doing and give a neutral expression of delight. This reinforces the behavior and communicates that you're paying attention without setting an unrealistic standard. You're absolutely right, Blair. Yeah, it makes so much sense. Oh, don't worry for this one. I already broke the rule during this podcast. Avoid evaluation, just encourage. Mm. So for instance, don't use I like statements. Whoops. <laughs> Oops. So in other words, instead of saying, I like how clean your room is, it doesn't matter what you like. doesn't matter what you like. Use encouragement. Oh, 
Your room looks so clean. You must have worked very hard at it. Nice work. Uh, uh-huh. But that's also, again, that is something that in the classroom at home uh-huh. and not on purpose, it's just not, it wasn't something that people said. I know. It's just not something like, it was always like, I like. <laughs> it was, I think you are, fill in the blank. Like, oh, for sure. Yeah. It all makes complete sense, but it's also so new. Aren't we so lucky that we get to know it now, though? Like, and it is, and listen, it's hard to break cycles, yo. It is. It's so, like, foundationally, it's hard to crack a foundation. Yep. And that's why we do things like make mistakes, and that's okay. Oh, I hate being human. I hate it. <laughs> I hate being fallible. Let me tell you one more. Praise more than achievements. Mm. So rather than just winning the race or even running hard, you know, during a race for, for an achievement, for a goal, for a trophy, compliment your child for qualities like generosity. Yes, 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 yes. Forgiveness, courage, perseverance. Isn't that amazing? I'm down with that. Same. Don't forget to praise your child for standing up for a friend or helping others or demonstrating good sportsmanship. Oh, it's such a big deal. Good sportsmanship is such a big deal. I got to tell you this. I have this thing where, and it's not because it's I'm lacking or anything, but I just have this thing where I feel like if someone's wearing something dope or if someone looks good in something, I have to let them know. That's nice. It's my thing. So I realize that I do it enough that like my kids now, like, see, you know, I do it around my kids all the time. So one day, uh, me and my kid, we were at Ruth Chris Steakhouse waiting to get some steaks. And this woman walks in and my son goes... Excuse me, your dress is really pretty. I'm weeping. And I was like, but my first thing was I got real nervous because I was like, I didn't tell him to say that. I didn't. (laughs) I was like, it's weird for a six year old to tell a grown woman that she looks good in this dress. But then I was like, and it caught me off guard. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, he's doing this because he's seen you. Like, tell people that they look good. And so I said, and she was like, I think she was a little taken off, like, taken aback. Yes. Guard. Yeah, she was like, what? She was like, oh, she's like, okay, thank you. Thank you. That's sweet. Thank you. It was really sweet. And I said to him, like, after she went and sat down and I was like, yo, I was like, that was so kind of you. Like, how nice. I was like, I bet you made her feel really good. And she, he was like. Well, her dress was real pretty, Mom. I'm like, I know. (laughs) You beat me to it. Ask her where she got it next time. Ask her if there is a deep discount on it because I want it. Are we talking Poshmark? Well, that's Blair. I think that's a great example of exactly what we're talking about, which is not just modeling being kind and making people feel good, but also it's showing your child that you care about the person they are, not just the things that they can do. That they do. Absolutely. Yes. Are we proud of them for good schoolwork? Sure. Are we proud of them for getting climbing to the top of the spider web thingy on the playground? Of course. But oh my gosh, let me tell you something. We're in the tie hi- too high range right now. I let him go. I got to. I know. My husband hides his head. Yeah, that's me. My husband's like, nope. And I'm like, we got to. But that's so true. Yeah. So you're, you showed him that you appreciate the person he is. And that's pretty great. Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What do you mean doesn't matter? What does that mean? In the long run, does it matter? Like how good your grades are? <laughs> I mean, yes. I mean, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. When it comes to higher learning. Yes. What kind of college we're getting into. But I know exactly what you mean. It matters what kind of character they yeah. have. But like in the long run. And empathy. You've, yeah. Are you? Yes. 
Are you a good person? Do I want to hang out with you? Am I making a kid? Am I hanging out molding a kid that other people are going to want to hang out with and feel good to be around? That's what I care about. And it can, if you can help them, you know, tutor them in math, that'd be just like a double whammy. You're welcome. You're welcome, <laughs> Earth. It is. And that's going to make them want to do even more good stuff. And that's the same with praising the process and not the outcome and not the product. Because we say, you worked really hard on this. I'm so proud of how hard you worked. I got to tell you something. I did this research a couple days ago and I, it has changed the way I talk to my son. It really has. Because even though I know that, like I know it's a catchphrase now. Praise the process, not the whatever. I can't remember the end of it. Person, whatever. But And I get that. And we've, we've talked about it on this pod before, but to really put it into action, to work that muscle, like you said, Blair, is, is breaking some generational cycles. It's also fighting that impulse as a parent to just want your kid to know how amazing they are, how special, how talented, how smart, how strong. Oh, I just want to cover him with all of these compliments. And it is interesting to find that balance. Or even in those moments, but hey, listen, sometimes that praise, I don't know, maybe it's like a false praise. Maybe this is also just me. When you're just like needing to move on to the next thing. It's like, yeah, you're a smart kid. Yeah, you're, oh yeah, you're so good at that. Yeah, what, you know what I mean? And you just like throw these like yeah. praise phrases and it's like, wait a minute, like you got to put the pump the brakes on that because it's like, it just starts to not mean anything. It's yeah. got the same effect. Yeah, it means nothing. Hey, listen, when we come back, we're going to talk more about what we can do or say instead of these phrases of praises. <laughs> nope. Praise, phrase. Da, 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 da. Praise, phrase. We'll be right back. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Welcome back to Solid Purgatory, where we are talking about... Them praise phrases. <laughs> well, now we're going to get into what we can say as opposed to, yo, you're the smartest kid I know. Yes. And before we get into that, I, I do want to say one last thing from that 
uh, site that you really like, the Big Life Journal, they have a really good way to sum it up, which I thought was great. Sort of everything we've been talking about kind of wrapped up in a, a way to remember it, which is they say they suggest praise sparingly, specifically. Okay. And sincerely, the three S's. And we kind of touched on all those throughout this as well. So they say praise sparingly. Too much praising may build up a reliance on outside approval. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. Praise specifically. We spoke about this as well. Children perceive specific praise as more sincere and meaningful. Specific. Yes. Not just grand overarching statements. You're so smart. No. So do adults. <laughs> yes. That's a really good point. I definitely do. Like how many times, like Molly, think about how many times have you been on set or done something uh, whilst acting and when people say, oh, you're so funny. I know. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'll thank you so much. But when someone comes and says, yo, that one part when you were like, blah, 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 do, 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 do. It's like there's something automatically that opens up inside of you. That's just like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you. You feel seen. Yanks. Jinxy minxy. Poke, poke. You owe me a Coke. (laughs) We never said poke, poke, but I like it. (laughs) Yeah, you feel seen. You feel like they're paying attention and that makes you feel good. Yes. Yes. So that's that specific praise. Perfect example. And then the last thing is praise sincerely. Insincere praise can be more than just ineffective. It can be damaging. When children know they haven't done well and are praised anyway, ding, 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 they will wonder why people feel the need to lie to them about their abilities and achievements. They may assume that praise is being used to cover up the fact that they're incompetent or that something is wrong with them. That is a heartbreak. Yeah. That's heartbreaking. So be sincere, be specific, and keep your praise spare. Not too much. What can we do instead of praising? Blair, what's the first one? Say thank you. Thank you for being such a persistent hard worker. Yep. I love how you... Nope. No, you don't say I love... No, you don't say I no, love. No, we can't say you I say, love. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't say that. You can't say that. Just thank you. Thank you for working so hard. Or just the words thanking you. And that's, to be honest with you, something that I have a problem with in life, too, is simply saying thank you for things. We fe- I over talk. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you. Blah, 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 blah. Keep talking. Keep talking. Or like, or push off a compliment or whatever. But like your kid gives you a painting, you can simply take it in and give them a genuine smile and say thank you. And that can be it. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. And maybe the only I statement you say after that is, I love you. I love you. <laughs> maybe it's just, I love you. That's the I statement. That's it. That's good. Whoops. Well, now I'm going to cry. Oh. Well, wouldn't be a Todd Perg's episode without one of us bursting into tears. <laughs> All right. There it is. <laughs> the next thing you might want to do is acknowledge their specific goals. Again, specificity, right? It isn't about what all the other kids are doing. It isn't about how well the other kids are doing in basketball or whatever. It's about them. I saw you dribbled all the way down the court. That's something you've been working on. Nice work, right? Thank you. I did an I statement, but thank you. And then say thank you. And then say I love you. No, that's too many, Blair. We'll get it. We'll get it. We'll get it. K-I-S-S. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. (laughs) Ask questions about what they're working on. Mm-hmm. Which is always good. Instead of praising them, ask a question. Ooh, how did it feel? That last stretch of your race, it looked long. Yeah. How'd it feel? Ask questions. Ooh, did you choose to put this pink line next to the black line next to the brown line? And then stop talking. That's it, isn't it? Isn't that it? <laughs> That's it. Because you know I want to say, I love it, but it doesn't matter what I love. 
It doesn't matter. It's about them. Isn't that crazy? It doesn't matter. It's not about you. And your kids, they're not asking about what you, like truly, deeply, like they care, but they're not like, do tell. They want to feel seen. That's it. That's it. And they want to know that you're proud of their hard work. Well, (laughs) now Blair's crying. So that's two for two. Congratulations, everybody. You've completed the Todd Perg's bingo today. (laughs) We both cried. Ah, jeez. Yes. We're talking about unlearning what we've learned. <laughs> That's another bingo moment. Unlearning. Of course, the, the moments of unlearning. <laughs> we talked about balance. That's a Todd Perg special. We didn't say space and grace yet, though, so we'll have to work that in before the end of the pod. Well, I think we could add it on to this one. Yeah, do it. Give your kids some space and some grace, as well as yourself. <laughs> and this is going to come as a shock to exactly nobody. The last thing you could do instead of praising, say nothing. Just hush. Yep. They say in dog training that dogs react positively to kind eyes and a soft mouth. Oh, there it is. And that's what it is. That's giving your kid. I'm doing it to Blair right now. Nodding, happy, kind, loving eyes, maybe a soft smile. Mm -hmm. You know what I do for my son sometimes when he's, especially when he's like swimming, he's too far away from me, whatever. And he looks over me at me. Sometimes I just give him a little thumbs up and I keep talking to whatever mom I'm talking to. He feels seen. Mm -hmm. He knows I've seen him. And that I gave a thumbs up because I know that what he's doing is hard for him. That specifically thing that he's doing. And that's it. So my takeaways today. I, you know, I need a bag to carry all my takeaways. <laughs> do you have any totes? Any totes available? Anybody have 27 totes on the side of their refrigerator like I do? I got plenty of them in the back of my trunk. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the biggest thing for me is for sure, don't overpraise when your kid is feeling bad about themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. And the three S's praise sparingly, specifically and sincerely. I'm going to take those home with me and ruminate on those for sure. For sure. I think it's just keeping in mind again that they just want to be seen and not getting out of my own head, as I always do, of trying to make it OK, make it right and make it fix it fix it like it's not going to be that most of the time and I know that Mm -hmm. but just as long as they feel seen that's it and it makes them want to do keep working hard and keep going keep going keep going keep going never stop never stop just like we said at the top of the episode our ultimate goal should be to nurture our child's intrinsic motivation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's it that can start when your kid is so little I mean when does your kid start scribbling on a paper and handing it to you Mm -hmm. a year and a half You know, ah, yeah, it can start so early and then it just keeps going. So keep at it. Try and keep these things in mind and know that our kids are going to be just fine. We're just trying to nurture their intrinsic motivation. It's about them. It's not about us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we love you listeners so much. So much. Check us out on toddlerpurgatory.com. You can listen to past episodes there and throw us a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts if you're so inclined. And uh, we'll see you next time on Todd Perks. Take it easy, y'all. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. 
Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 